I've had a couple older people who are like, nope, I'm not tracked. And I'm like, open up your Google right. Maps app. They're like, I don't use Google Maps. I'm like, I don't care. Just open it up. And I go into it and I log in and I and you can go in and it literally gives you a trail of everywhere you've been for forever. And they were like, oh, I didn't realize. And I'm like, yeah, it's it, we're being tracked constantly. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a false narrative when people say that they can disappear and not be tracked and I have no online footprint. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the CEO of SMC National. We are a marketing company that helps dental offices like yours have predictable new patient flow. I am Tanner Appgate, CEO and founder of Unified Dental. We are helping solve the problem of too many different solutions across dental, making them unified in one place. Yeah, I'm literally got the uh, right pro now. wrestler version of Gary right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I literally uh, <laughs> am sick right now, and I'm having an IV of vitamins put in, and I'm scared of needles. So I'm trying to like uh, balance this out. But we have a lot of cool topics today. So number one, we went viral. So we officially went viral. Not like a lot of times we're like, yeah, that did pretty good. And I'll have like 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000 views. We're over 2.5 million views and tons of angry comments. Instagram reels, which is awesome. Yeah. Instagram reels is tough. That's a tough place to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I have some business stuff to talk to you about, Tanner, that really tough situation that I've seen a couple business people be put in and I want to kind of get your opinion on them, but let's, let's, um, let's start with, uh, uh, going viral. So the particular topic that we went viral on is we were talking through how AI is going to start taking people's jobs and how it's going to automate a lot of things that just makes things so much easier. And that triggered a lot of people and people are like, no, you, you know, you're not going to take our jobs. This isn't going to happen. And all I can think about is like the industrial revolution and how that changed everything. And then the internet came out and that kind of changed everything. And now we thought uh, fintech was going to change everything. It hasn't yet. We're still in the middle of that. I think fintech has a, the financial industry has a little bit more money to <laughs> slow things down. But this, this creative side of AI, I absolutely think is going to change everything. And it's very a polarizing topic. Yeah, you keep saying that in the future tense, though, Gary, I honestly think it's changed everything in the current tense for those that use it, right? Like I, I want to do I wanted to do a segment of kind of a uh, listener call out, right? You and I got this message from one of our listeners. He said, hey, I just wanted to totally I've been totally rifting on chat. GBT actually asked for a recruiting ad from a dental assistant with administrative duties in seconds, I received a job description that after just one minute of quick edits, we're actually posting. ChatGPT is amazing. Can't wait to find ways to utilize it in our offices and especially how it can positively impact us as a whole. Thanks, Gary and Tanner. Right. So listener call out there. That's from Craig. But yeah, I'm glad to hear that you guys are listening and actually going in and implementing it because it is changing. It's not going to change. It is changing. It right. Is. Like yeah, that copy would have had the- been written by somebody else. This is just like 10%, like not, not even 10%, 1% of what it's going to do because they're not all intertwined yet. Once everything's intertwined and you just have one simple interface that you can go into and say, make me a video, it's going to write the script. It's going to do the voiceover. It's going to get the video. It's going to do a deep fake of you. And a lot of people argued in the comments. I was reading through the comments. The video that we have has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments a lot of people are like, well, that's just going to put more trash on the internet. Well, there's already a bunch of trash on the internet. It's, 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 you still have to have one person doing the input. My point is, is that 
I don't need seven people to help me make the video anymore. Because before I had to go to somebody to write the copy, or I had to write it. I had to go to somebody to make the video, or I had to make it. I had to do the voiceover, and then I had to upload it. Well, right. we're going to be... We're right there. You can you can pretty much do it if you know what softwares to use. That That's all going to be in one place now. And that's just one little example. Like There's so many other examples of how this is going to be able to be used across the board. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing. And I think that it's going to only continue to do it. Me, to me personally, where I feel like it's going to have the biggest difference. I mean, obviously you jump to the creative side because that's kind of the marketing background that you have. But I think back in my operational side and where I think it's going that it's going to have the biggest impact is like automated kind of phone answering and or outbound call services, yeah. right? Like if you think about the barriers why we haven't been able to achieve that right now it's not that we don't have the answers right it's the fact that it didn't ever sound natural the conversations weren't natural the information and the way that they processed it wasn't natural so now to have these gpt models that chat gpt is one of them to be able to go in and make it sound so natural and fluid in how they're conversing right the language and terms and stuff that's only a matter of time before they learn okay what's the right answer on this phone call that now I am the phone call, right? I answer it and I go on outbound and get these scheduled with a higher conversion rate than anyone else could do personally. Yeah, no, it, it, if you watch the video, there's a video of Google doing that, doing the, the voice answering thing on YouTube. It's amazing. I actually, so here's an interesting one. I got in a theological debate with ChatGPT today with one of my kids sitting there. <laughs> and I, we, I, I said, List list all the people, all the children. Like I wanted to see how complicated I can make it, right? For ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. So I said, list all the children in the Bible where the inheritance didn't go to the older child, it went to the younger child. And so it listed all these people. And some of them I disagreed with. And I was like, hey, I, I don't think that person. And then it was like, you know what? I could see why. Da, 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 and it like listed out its reason. And then like we were going, but it was a back and forth conversation. And I was just like blown away that it was able to carry on a conversation at that level. Um, and it's it's just, again, it's only limited by what you can imagine. I saw somebody recently, Tanner, they took and said, well, ChatGPT can't make pictures. It actually can. If you have an interface that you can put code into, you can tell it, hey, write me a code to make me a circle, a red circle. And it will write code to give you a red circle that you can just copy and paste in. And then in the interface of you know a website or some kind of platform like that like a, a WordPress plugin or something you can plug it in and then instantly a, a picture pops up and it wrote the code for that so it's 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 pretty much endless just chat gpt what you could do the other thing i've been using it for is putting transcripts from videos so like this video that we're doing here youtube automatically transcribes it and i cut pieces of it out and load it up in there and say okay give me the main takeaway or write a social post around this particular section and it does a great job so 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 many things that I think it's going to continue to do. And it's one of those topics that I think we'll just keep talking about every week until until we get bored with it because other people seem to find it interesting as well. And 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 I don't think there's 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 not major adoption of it yet. I know they got to a million users faster than any platform ever, but they didn't um it's still very few everybody I went to dinner last night with several people and several people at dinner are like, Yeah, I've heard of it, never used it, don't know how to log into it. And so most people still haven't used it and played with it. Yeah. What's interesting to me is like the business perspective around it too. If you 
look at OpenAI. OpenAI has gotten huge investments from Microsoft, right? And so there's talks about how Microsoft is going to be including this in Bing. And so is Google going to move to the wayside now because Bing has ChatGPT involved in it, right? And you're not only getting these like internet answers, you're also getting a AI robot that has all the data in the world giving you answers too in your search engine. So I'll be interested to see if the tides shift away from Google's ad campaigns to Microsoft and see if people start using Microsoft search now because of ChatGPT. And then there's also like a lot of equivalents coming out and et cetera. Yeah. So, so also Google's has AI, right? Google's coming out. They've leaked some stuff. So the guy came out, I remember the developer that came out and said, it's, it's, it's a, the, the, uh, the AI is so good. It's like a, uh, what he said, it's like a a sentient being or sentient something like basically, it's basically a lot. Yeah, like what does that what does that mean? Like basically, it's alive. Sentient sentient being is the idea that you become as close to a human being as you can, right? And that's the whole fear of AI in the world. And you see this in all of the different like uh, sci-fi movies back in the day, like Iro or whatever. Like they get so real, like they get so close to being a human that they actually start getting consciousness and start understanding feelings, and then they become essentially no different from a human. Yeah. Because I know Elon Musk is building robots. And what he's saying is, I'm building these robots with AI in them to be able to protect people from AI. Because eventually the AI is going to come for the people. And, and and I don't know if it means like, if he literally means they're going to come with like guns and kill people. But I mean, like, if you can train an AI bot to like break into your accounts or hack your computer or break into your bank account, like there's not a lot we can do as humans. We can't respond fast enough as, as AI. So we're going to need AI to fight AI, if that makes sense. And we also see this in the dental industry where the insurance companies are starting to use AI. And so that's going to force the offices to use more AI to kind of to battle that back and forth. Is that, is that, does that make sense? Yeah. My biggest fear of, AI is understanding how people think so much that marketing becomes something where they essentially have kind of all control over what we care about or think about at all, right? Like if you think about marketing right now, the goal of marketing is I want you to want this bad enough that you're willing to spend money on it, right? And it's limited by the ability for the people creating these campaigns to understand the thought processes of these people. Right. Well, if you remove that now from a chemical process of people doing it to a electrical process of AI doing that, there's no reason why they can't understand how humans think to such a degree that they can target us to completely change our thoughts and our feelings in a way that we don't even recognize it. Yeah. So Facebook actually got in big trouble for this because Facebook mm-hmm. kind of figured this out exactly. initially where Facebook knew when you were going to use the bathroom before you knew you were going to use the bathroom. And Facebook knew what you were going to buy before you knew. And that's why a lot of times people are like, how did it know that I wanted this? I was thinking about this and it, and then the ad popped up. It's because it, it, it pieced all of your patterns together, combined it with people who are similar to you and know like, oh, it's Tanner buys underwear every once four years. You know what I mean? And so that now it's time to put those underwear ads up in front of them. Like that, that's crazy. And so they actually got in trouble for a lot of that because you could target based on race, religion. Uh, uh, fight, you know, financial, and you can still do some of them, but they they've eliminated a lot of those options. So we already had some of that. We already had a little bit of a taste of that that marketing side. Um, 
I, what I think will happen though. Tan- oh, go ahead. I remember, I want to just tell this quick story based off of that Facebook, especially. I remember hearing a story about how a dad started getting these Facebook targeted ads. And this is back before Apple changed their security privacy, right? So now you have to ask to allow to follow other apps on your phone. Prior to that, I remember hearing a story about how dad started getting grandparent ads on his Facebook, even though he didn't know his teenage daughter was pregnant. And he kept like, he ended up getting mad at Facebook for sending him these things. And somehow they found out like it came out like, Oh, by the way, it's because your daughter is pregnant. And he found out through this whole like ad campaign thing that Facebook had done to him. And so it was like fascinating to me because she was sitting there searching like, what do I do with this baby, et cetera? Yeah, and they were seeing it in Google. Yeah. Right. And so now all of a sudden, like it ended up trickling down to impact somebody else that wasn't even directly doing the search, that their so ads I, became different. That's fascinating to me. There was a there was a lawsuit, I believe it was a lawsuit. There there was a psychiatrist who was, you know, had all these clients and they would come in and then, you know, they have a waiting room and then the clients leave and you don't really see who's there. They set it up so you don't know the person that you're seeing. Uh, so everybody doesn't know, you know, privacy, you like HIPAA stuff, right? Right. And so they are, um, they all started getting friend requests of each other. And Facebook was like, Hey, you should be a friend to this person. And they didn't oh, realize the that these were the clients. Yeah. And, and the, what it was, was that they were all pinging the same Wi-Fi. So even though they didn't log into the Wi-Fi, it was pinging it. So that's another thing that they do to to kind of track and and know these people probably know each other. They ping the same Wi-Fi, even though they didn't log into it. They're they're pinging off of it. So it's there's there's multiple layers to this, and it's very powerful. Where where I think people will get smart or unplug, so to speak, is like, okay, I don't want to be manipulated anymore, right? Or I don't want to only know about this. And that's where AI versus AI is going to come into play. Where we have like for me, I I was spending way too much time on my phone. And so I just deleted a bunch of social media apps and that helped give me mental clarity, right? And so there's always the option to unplug until they plug into your brain. And that's what Neuralink's working on, which is absolutely wild. I would never do that. I would never uh, let a computer plug into my brain. Um, but uh, that's that's the next level is they're just going to p- plug right into the head um, and plug you into Starlink. So, Yeah, I don't, I don't know if... I, I'm of the type of belief that unplugging is unrealistic. I don't think that it still resolves a problem. I think it just creates a false sense of security that I've unplugged. Right. I think that so there's what, still what do you a lot mean? of data like, so, so like around if I, you. Like if I go in so and delete like if, the apps or whatever, the data that is still being transmitted to my phone that may be existing in other places, right? Apple does this whole thing where they're pitching security and it's all your data and we don't touch it and own it or whatever, right? Like, yeah, but that's what you want me to believe. Is that true or not? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I, like, so you still for, have so an incentive for, for me to buy your stuff. 100%. Yeah. So for me, like I'll have once or twice a year, I'll go on a trip three to five days and I'll literally leave my phone or I turn off my phone and put it in a bag and put it away. And I just like unplug. Now I have another phone. Do you, do you drive your Do you drive your Tesla to that place you're going? No, no. Like I usually I'm out of town and like I'm away. I, I know okay. they probably know where so I'm at. You, and I'm you rent- fly. <laughs> so it's like yeah. you fly and then the government knows at least yeah. where you are. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm like off the grid. I'm just saying like mentally, I'm not sitting here checking my phone all the time. I, I don't think that most people right. realize how often we check our phone and how much that disrupts our focus. And especially for somebody like me, mm-hmm. 
everything disrupts my focus, right? Like I'm the squirrel guy all the time. There's squirrels by, going by. And so my, my, my brain's just always running like that. So I, 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 it, it really helps me to unplug that way. But I agree with you. You're not like off the grid. There's now my house has solar through Tesla. I have a Tesla car, you know, car that tracks everything. My phone, like I'm tracked 24 seven. Like there's, you literally can go back and see everywhere I've been for the last five years and, and and another thing that people I've had a couple older people who are like nope I'm not tracked and I'm like open up your Google right. Maps app they're like I don't use Google Maps I'm like I don't care just open it up and I go into it and I log in and I and you can go in and it literally gives you a trail of everywhere you've been for forever and they were like oh I didn't realize and I'm like yeah it's it, we're being tracked constantly yep yeah I think it's a false narrative when people say that they can disappear and not be tracked and i have no online footprint i'm like okay yeah (laughs) yeah you'd have to live in the like the forest so all right i'm going to change gears on you um have you seen the homeless woman that was sprayed in front of the art gallery uh i don't know if i know exactly which story you're talking about so i'll answer no yeah pull it up on youtube you don't you don't need the sound there's there's so they just put homeless woman sprayed with hose. So I'll give the background as you're pulling that up. So there was there was this guy who owned an art gallery, and he recently went viral for all the re- wrong reasons. He's in San Francisco. He's sta- you can see him. There's a video of him standing in front of his store spraying an elderly woman, a homeless elderly woman, in the face with a hose, and and just like very frustrated with her, right? And so like this. He his his store got a ton of negative reviews, and obviously there was tons of public backlash. And so, uh, obviously, I'm like, man, that's horrible. How could you do that to a person, right? I started doing some research on it and actually listened to him. And he said, well, yeah, I tried to help this lady for actually some time, for many months. I've even let her like sleep in the back of our store and stuff like that. And um, it just got to the place where you know she. She was making such a mess and doing all the you know all this crazy stuff in front of our store that people stopped coming. And this is in San Francisco; they have a huge homeless problem there. And and I got frustrated, and I did that, and I shouldn't have. And I'm not justifying that, but what what I found interesting, and I think the the thing that we can talk through is like where like how how are business owners supposed to deal with something like this? Like, what is the right way? Because he did call the police as well and said, "Hey, help me out." And they're like, "Nope, she can be there." So his business is going down the drain. He's kind of stuck as a brick and mortar. So I think of a dentist, right? You're stuck there. Um, how, like, obviously, spraying is not the right answer. That was wrong of him to do. But how? What do you do when your business is going down the tank and there's things outside of your control like that? First of all, did you watch the video? I haven't watched it. No, I okay. couldn't find it. It kept pulling up random ones. I have the. I, I mean, have it pulled the, up like a bunch of people covering it, but not the actual video. Yeah, I have. I have that um, video here. I think even without understand, without even watching it, though, this is it's a very interesting theoretical. We're going deep today, guys. So hold on yeah. tight. Um, <laughs> I don't think that you, even as a business owner, have the right. Uh, obviously, the clear answer is you don't have the right to infringe on somebody else's personal space right so if there are no legal or or kind of um set up ways in order to be able to say hey this person does not have the right to loiter here or whatever then i think ultimately like yes it's a bummer you face the consequences but there are millions of other reasons why businesses go down the drain that are outside of our control and this is just another one 
Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. So I would try to get creative and say, okay, what are ways that we can convince her to stay somewhere else? Right. Like, yeah. Hey, I'll give you a weekly stipend if you don't stay in front of my business. Right. And, and sure. Exactly like she could say, okay, well you pay me more. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden she's like, or other people him. now, and, but now you're going to have other homeless people coming in. Cause they're going to be like, I want in on that deal. Right. Yeah. That's true too. Yeah, that is true. And that, that is an issue. And so ultimately though, I think Did it you have is to deal with anything like this in New York. Cause I know New York has some homeless problems, probably not as bad as San Francisco, but they definitely do have homeless problems. But the thing about New York too, is that you don't, you rarely have street front property. Dental has recently started moving into it with like um, these bigger companies like Tend and such. And they're starting to do retail level um, things like this. But even with that, we were looking at moving into one and it's heavily protected from a security standpoint of like, you have to like buzz people yeah. in, et cetera. And so even that doesn't really constitute. What's interesting to me is that in, as you're saying that though, in New York, ATMs are you 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 have to put your card into the ATM door to be able to go in to actually get stuff out of the ATM, yeah. right? And so the ATMs are these warm, enclosed areas where the, there became a problem with homeless people sleeping in there, right? And what the banks end up having to do was pay somebody to stay in there at night to make sure that homeless people didn't come in. Yeah, so that you're not going to go in and get money out if there's someone sleeping in there, right? But what was ironic was that these people that were being paid to stay there overnight ended up falling asleep in there. So they were paying somebody to sleep in there to make sure that nobody else came in and slept in there. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so well, that and what's interesting is like, so what's interesting is like New York's kind of solved this problem by just putting security and blocking everything out. And so in California, we haven't got to that place yet. So there's no there there's there it, we don't have those kind of setups right so the atm areas are open and the and this everything's open and there are storefronts everywhere so it's a it's well a big- there is still a homeless problem and in new york the way that i think that with my experience of san francisco compared to new york and i didn't anticipate to have a ton of time in san francisco but i think san francisco is a lot more open-minded to these type of things of like homeless people can't be removed you can't be left removed somewhere else right they need to have all these rights whereas new yorkers are a lot more like black and white they're like no like if i don't want them in my area i don't want them in my area so let's create someplace else for them to go and we can call the police to have them removed and moved into this other area uh, yeah san francisco pan- san francisco's very pro like they they right. they give clean needles for like iv use like drug iv users and stuff like that so they they, they free phones a lot of things like that there's this during the COVID shutdown when everyone left New York in my neck of the woods, which is Upper West Side. And it was towards like the more Southern where I lived. It was a very elite, elite thing. Like one day when I was walking to work, I walked past and Simon Sinek, who was just happened to be in the street. So like he like he lives in that area. And there was a hotel that got turned into a homeless shelter during the pandemic to make sure that people had space and they weren't getting sick and all these things. and it was amazing to see the community revolt against that, right? Like they're all about providing homeless shelters as long as it's not in their area. Mm. Right. And so it was like, Oh yeah, we can, we need to shift them down to these other areas. And so it was like amazing how, and they rallied enough that it did get moved out. Right. So it was fascinating for me to be able to see New York was like, we believe all of these things We're super liberal. We need to make sure that we take care of the homeless, et cetera, as long as it's not in my backyard. 
Yeah. As long as it's not impacting me directly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, all right. I got, we got about five more minutes. Um, and then I got to wrap up. Do you have any other topics you want to cover? Yeah. I, I saw an interesting article about the, uh, income disparities of dental assistants based off of a, what type of, um, type of office that they have and then their years of experience. And that was interesting. That was one that I love to kind of show and chat through. And so maybe we'll, we'll do that a little bit next time. But the uh, other one too, I just want to chat through a little bit of my experience with healthcare, right? This is, I think a shorter conversation. I unfortunately, a couple of weeks before Christmas cut my hand in a very small cut, but it happened to rupture a tendon. Mm. So over the last four weeks, I've been in the healthcare system, experiencing it as a patient in a unique way that I haven't normally done where I, I, I like there's two aspects of it. There's the financial aspect of it and then the actual care of it. Right. And the care, like I'll start with that experience. Like I went to urgent care and they told me that I needed to go to this ER and I could get it fixed in the ER. Well, I got to the ER and the person that he called to say I could get it fixed said, no, you can't do it here. You have to do it in the OR. Right. So then I had to schedule this tendon repair emergency and they put me out for like three weeks. And it was like an emergency thing. Like I had to get it as done as soon as possible. And they still scheduled me out three weeks. And so it was fascinating for me to see even in these giant healthcare organizations that preach the same things we do as DSOs of like, hey, get them in as soon as possible, as soon as possible, especially from like a health perspective that they still had this inefficiency of like, okay, by the way, our soonest as possible is three weeks, wow. right? Which could impact then my recovery and my, yeah. all these things, which is the same thing as like DSOs of like, hey, you need to get a root canal. But we can't see you for another week, mm. right? So it's just fascinating to me to see that no matter how much money you pour into these systems, these basic problems still exist. What's the answer? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to, we'll let uh, Disney operate all of our healthcare <laughs> system. Uh, figure it funny. out for entertainment. Why can't they figure it out for healthcare? I know, right? Yeah, it's a little more complicated, but yeah, it's, uh, Disney, Disney does a good <laughs> job. It's always a good experience. Everybody's always happy uh, until at least the end of the day that Disney. So as long as Bob Iger's in charge, right? Yeah, yeah. And then around the end of the day, you're like, all right, I'm a couple thousand dollars lighter and I have a $15 balloon and my kid's throwing up uh, because I had too much sugar and grease and it's time to go home. So, And your wife is on your shoulder saying, we can't leave because the fireworks are at 9 p.m. after <laughs> yeah, it gets no, dark. It's so and bad. Disney it's, is brilliant. It is. Disney. Uh, keep the, you there till the end of the day. They, the Disney trap, uh, the Disney guilt trap is very real and it doesn't matter how expensive or cheap it is just you feel like i gotta stay here because i paid for it and even though you're exhausted and your kids are screaming and like it 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 is it's fascinating it's they did a really good job and then they give you these oh by the way you can stand in this exclusive area to watch the fireworks where you can sit down and rest while you're waiting but you just have to pay an extra 10 grand in order to do it yep that's that we need to figure that bring that over to dental all right man good talk today all right talk to you later